Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. Hello and good Wednesday to you. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and uh, it's good to have you here. For those of you that are live streaming or will be live streaming, don't hesitate to jump in and ask questions and comment. Join the conversation today. I'm going to introduce a guest who's actually been with us once before, but has a lot to offer to the industry. Interesting topic we're going to dive into, and I want you to be part of the conversation, so don't be shy. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, if you follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live streams. We announce those each week. We've got another one coming up on Friday this week. If you just go to Instagram.com slash Boca Podcast, you can see those posts, that information, and uh, come join the conversation. And then before I introduce our guest for today, I just want to encourage you once again, I I made my donation today before the episode to Charity Water. CharityWater.org is the organization that I give to. But as I've said before, and I have promised that I would do before every episode, uh, I'm donating to this organization, not only because it's something I feel is important, but I want to, to encourage everybody that's listening in and watching to look for opportunities to give. It's amazing how just a little bit of money can go a long way when it comes to either local organizations or national or international organizations. And uh, one of our previous guests, Sean Lee, really encouraged me in that regard. And uh, so I want to I continue that example and encouragement with you all. All right. Well, enough of the introduction and, and monologue. Uh, I want to introduce our, not a brand new guest, actually a repeat guest on the Boca podcast today. Gavin Wade is with me. Gavin, thanks for coming back and hanging out with me again. Absolutely. My pleasure. A few more, a few more dad bod pounds and maybe a few more gray hair since we last chatted, but here I am. <laughs> Man, I, I'm going to absolutely, yeah, it's funny that the gray hair conversation, in fact, our producer, Jill, or one of our producers, Jill, here on the Boca podcast, I also happened to be in a relationship with, and Jill and I were just talking about gray hairs the other day. It's, it's kind of a funny conversation. Like at this age, I don't really feel old. But there are certain things that kind of remind me of the fact that I am getting a little bit older and the gray hairs is one of them. And the last time you and I talked on the podcast was 2017. In April of 2017 oh, wow. is when that episode went out. So almost four years ago, or no, five years ago, rather. And um, so it's been a while. A lot of life has happened since then. How have you have? I mean, it's a big question, but how have you been? I know a lot's gone down. Oh, so so much, man, alive! I think the whole world has just changed, obviously, since then. Yeah. But in my world specifically, um, you know, transitioned full time into into building CloudSpot. Had a couple of kiddos since we last chatted. You know, got a kindergartner and a two year old son running all over the place now. So you know, teams growing, families growing, and uh, just grateful to to still be here and be serving this amazing industry just in a different capacity now after five hundred plus weddings. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So we were chatting just before we started recording and you were saying that you shot full-time for 12 years. Was that, is that right? 12 years started it with my then girlfriend, now wife. Yeah. Wow. Which is, and and we actually talked about this. So for anybody listening in who didn't hear the first episode with Gavin, episode 36, I believe from April of of 2017, this is now going to be episode something like 555, 560, something like that. So (laughs) a lot of episodes since. And, and a lot has changed with the podcast even since. But um, yeah, we, you get a little bit more of an introduction to, to Gavin and his photography business and what he was doing in photography and working with his wife uh, at that point. And we'll make sure to link to that in the, in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And Gavin, this, this is a good segue. I, I know that we asked one or two of these questions in the first episode over five years ago. 
I'm just going to go back through all of them again and all the new ones that we've begun asking since. Uh, before we get to our main topic today, which is also pretty intriguing to me, and I, I don't quite know where you're going with the conversation either. As much as I try to prep ahead of time, we're going to be talking about how to grow our photography businesses after image delivery to our clients, which is a really interesting take on, on business growth. So we'll get to that in just a second. But to kind of lead the conversation off or head the conversation off, let's talk about brand position. You own a company called, you started and own a company called CloudSpot. And I'd love for you to just share with our listeners what CloudSpot even is, and then ultimately what your brand position is in the context of the so-called competition that you have in our photography industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like most businesses, uh, they come about as a means just to scratch your own itch. And for us at the time, this was when we were just in the throes of our busiest wedding season ever, uh, 50 weddings, 50 engagement sessions, so 100 shoots. Uh, and my wife back there was just editing like a machine. She would be turning around on double headers before our next weekend's double headers. And things were bottlenecking on me from a technical perspective just to get images delivered to clients. And it was just, I mean, even at that point, it was just bare minimum, like whatever I could do just to like, here's your photos, have a nice life, I'm done. And at the time, there just was not a great technical solution, one that was fully branded, one that helped us, but also helped our clients have an easier experience, something that we could be proud of at the end of the day. And so just bashing my head against the desk, just going, there's got to be a better way. And there wasn't. So I just, you know, like when we first started our photography business, just over dinner one night with my wife, I was just like, hey, you want to give this thing a go? Like, <laughs> I think we can really help a lot of photographers here. And uh, she said, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And, you know, Neither one of us knew what we were getting into, much like with our photography business, uh, but we figured it out and rocked it out. And so here we are serving, gosh, tens of thousands of photographers, millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of images shared later. And it's just been one heck of a ride. So, Well, I like that notion of just seeing an opportunity and jumping and kind of building your wings on the way down. Uh, I, I will say, because I, I, that's, that's kind of the way that I lean when it comes to starting and running a business. I will say that I've learned the hard way over the years that I need to at least plan a, a little bit going into something. But at some point, you've got to take bit. the risk, right? And, and you've got to go for it. And there are endless, countless stories of people who had ideas, whether in our industry or outside the industry, you know, you hear your mom, your dad, your cousin, your friend, whoever, talk, they're like, oh, I had this really great idea one time. Or, you know, so-and-so company, I totally thought about that 15 years ago. Um, but they never actually did the thing. And you, at some point, you've got to do the thing. You've got to take the risk. You've got to take the leap. And I love that that you did that. Now you've created this company. And I'm going to pull it up on screen here uh, because you actually have a really compelling brand position it, right here on the homepage of your site, cloudspot.io. The easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. And I, I mean, major props on multiple levels here. First of all, it's, it's short. It is... Very, very uh, obvious, I should say, easy to understand, very practical. There's no flowery words that, you know, trying to sound cute or to, to sound creative. You're just telling the, the photography industry what it is that you do and how that's different from the other gallery options in the industry. How did you come to this particular brand position? You know, it, it again, it just came about as a means to, you know, putting ourselves, putting myself back in those early days of starting my business. Like we exist to, to empower photographers to be successful, full stop, right? And and however many incarnations that takes, whether it be a feature, whether it be 
um, a tweak here or a tweak there. Like at the end of the day, we are by photographers for photographers. And so, you know, it just comes down to, well, what's the biggest pain point or one of the biggest pain points when you're building your business? Um, and it's just so many, oftentimes it's that paralysis, like we talked about, like you mentioned when someone said, oh, you know, I had that idea for Uber 15 years ago, you know, that was my idea or whatever. Oftentimes it's just getting down to business, making incremental improvements and changes and just pushing that ball forward. Um, and so for us, we just exist to help photographers have one less worry on their list when it comes to being proud of that experience that they give their clients. And we're just happy, you know, being behind the scenes, you know, uh, and helping them be the hero as, as far as their client experience goes. Okay. So I'm, I'm hearing, when I hear hero, I immediately think story brand. Have you read story brand, Donald Miller? Yep, absolutely. Don, Don Miller was, was a big influence in terms of how we position ourselves as a company because we as photographers are storytellers, you know, especially, you know, shooting weddings, which is where, you know, my background is that story. I feel like we as an industry connect so well to that type of marketing message. Um, and likewise, when, you know, we would meet with the clients and we would, you know, try and book brides and, you know, look for reaching our ideal client, we also adopted that kind of story brand approach um, because there are so many ways that you can sell, but oftentimes, how can you not feel like it's selling, right? And so for us, we're just trying to allow photographers to step into where their strengths are, um, just like we as photographers try to step into our strengths when you know meeting with clients and trying to build our business. Now, I want to go back to something that you said earlier, and I think this is a really important lesson for all of us, a good reminder for myself as well. You have the brand position statement that's there on the homepage of your site. But just a second ago, you said a phrase, and I'd love for you to repeat it again, about the su success of photographers. And that strikes me as a mission statement. And I know it's a bit technical, but the difference between a mission statement and a brand position statement, I think it's important to note the distinction between the two. Can you repeat that phrase about the success of photographers? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really the lens that we as a company and everyone who joins our team, we run things through. And it's really, how are we able to empower photographers to be successful in their business? Yeah. Um, and, and that, yes, that is our mission. Um, and how we get that done takes various you know, stages of development and various ways that we can accomplish that. But, but I think it's important because we talk a lot about brand position here on the podcast, largely because it's under discussed in our industry. A lot of photographers are trying to set themselves apart by having a different Lightroom preset or, you know, a particular style. And, and that really, when, when you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of photographers who are largely using the same presets and the same Photoshop actions and the same look and feel and the same shooting style, shooting at the same venues, a lot of that stuff starts to run together and most of the end clients aren't really seeing a major difference between those, those various, the so-called styles, that's not really gonna set a photography business apart in the end. It's no longer about skill because, you know, I can use this phone right here that's in my hand and take stunning, stunning pictures if I even halfway know what I'm doing. In fact, I was just, I was taking pictures at, at uh, my girlfriend's son's birthday party the other day and we were in a, like in a gazebo, covered gazebo, sunny, just stunning, beautiful day. In, in, so under the gazebo, there, so we're in the shade, and I'm photographing her son who's standing at the cake, and then his friends are in the background. In the background is the lake, and it is, you know, again, bright, sunny, blue sky and everything. Beautifully exposes the indoor scene that I'm photographing them standing at the cake, balances that out with the stunning blue sky in the background, even exposure. I mean, even with the $3,000, $5,000 $8,000 camera now, if you were to shoot that same exact picture 
everything's going to be exposed well under that gazebo, but everything else in the background's blown out. And now with this little snapshot of this phone in my hand, I can take this picture and it's perfectly balanced. So skill set is, is, it still plays a role. I, I don't want to minimize it, but that's not even the differentiating factor in the end. And so I think it's important to distinguish between companies by what specific value proposition that we have that's different than the person next door. And that's that brand position. And then having the mission statement, which is kind of the underlying why that drives the whole thing is, is really important for the sake of longevity and scalability in the business. And, and so I love that you've made that distinction. I think it's a really important one for uh, our listeners to know. It's, it's a really great job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the day, you got to know what you do and who you do it for, right? And then it's how do you accomplish it? So yeah, we, we very early on and we spent a lot of time talking about it and, you know, we, we change from time to time uh, in terms of how we word it. But yes, empowering photographers to be successful is a theme you'll see and hear from us a lot this year. Well, and I, and I don't want to belabor this, but I just, just to tag onto that, I, I think it's fascinating. You're talking about why you do what you do. So for anybody listening in, as a photography business, if you're clear, first of all, about your value set that drives your personal life, which then naturally spill over into your business life, you understand the values that are driving what you do. Now you look for an opportunity to serve your local market in some way through photography. You develop that mission statement. The how, as Gavin so beautifully um, described, the how then becomes that brand position. I want to, in, in Gavin's case, it's I want to enable photographers to find success. How they do that is through, and I pulled this up on the screen, I'll do this again, cloudspot.io, the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. So he's enabling photographers to find success through the simplest possible gallery system, CloudSpot. And, um, and I just, I love a, a great and clear and distinct brand position statement. And, you, and you've created this wonderful distinction between that and the mission statement. And I think this is a really great lesson or lesson rather for uh, all of us grid reminders. So we, we'll move on from that, but thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to talk about customer experience though, because you have extensive customer experience on the photography side, shooting full-time for so many years, hundreds of weddings. And then also of course, working with photographers in the industry through CloudSpot. What would you say is one of the biggest ideas that has driven prov providing a really great customer experience for you as a business owner? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's acknowledging it's something that, you know, when you're first starting your business out as a creative, as a photographer, it, it kind of smacks you across the face, you know, pretty darn fast. And that's how many things were not on the, the brochure when you started your business that you have to get done right in order, besides just hitting that shutter and, and taking those photos and, and editing, right. There's so many other things that are involved in creating, growing a successful business. And so it's really just kind of, deconstructing all of the elements that are involved in that, right? And oftentimes when you're building your business, it's going to be saying no to a lot more things than you say yes to, because you know, you're know you just mm. one person, or, or if you're lucky, uh, two people, like a husband and wife team or, or a studio team. Uh, there is never going to be that time where you're like, oh, I've got nothing to do. What, what, what should I tackle today, right? Unless you orchestrate that and plan that purposefully. Um, something, and I'm totally going to plagiarize this, but something that was told to me that just hits home with me every single day is that businesses, no matter really what the size, oftentimes businesses die of indigestion rather than starvation. And that goes back to that prioritization and that gaining clarity on what you do and why you do it and who you do it for. Ooh, that's really good. Okay. I'll leave that as is. I mean, it's, it's super clear and really powerful. It's so easy with so many different options to, to just want to kind of try to do a little bit of everything. And especially for new photographers who are starting out, it's easy to kind of go that direction. But 
having a clear mission that drives what you do, then a position statement that naturally filters what we choose to do, how we spend our time. And I think that's really important distinction again. Okay, cool. Really good. Um, let me keep going. Important principle that enables better time management. This is something we also talk about quite a bit here on the, on the show. And you talked about your family. Give me an idea of a, of a principle that's really helped you find some semblance of kind of balance between work life and personal life, making space for yourself and the important people in your life while also running the company. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm still working on. By no means am I an expert on this. And, and I really seek out uh, guidance and help and correction on this. And, and thank heaven, my, my team also snaps me back into this sometimes. Mm. Um, uh, and more than anyone, my wife snaps me back into it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm grateful for it. Right. Uh, and man, nothing like little kiddos to remind you of how yeah. quickly time goes by. Right. Yep. Um, but you know, one, one of the things, uh, that I would, you know, I used to say all the time and I'm really trying to do better at this year, um, is, you know, if you ever step up to your computer and you're feeling overwhelmed and, and I, and I bash this over my team's head as well, because, you know, oftentimes whether you're in a startup, whether you're growing a business by yourself, you can just feel so completely overwhelmed, right? And so if you step up to your computer and you're feeling that way, or just in life in general, right? Um, that usually is just a symptom of you lacking clarity on what it is you're trying to do or who you're doing it for. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's take that step back, refocus, get that clarity on one of the most important things to do. Um, and then look for opportunities as you start uncovering all these things that you have to do or the core drivers for your business. Then as you get there along the lines, you get some systems and processes in place, start looking for ways to buy back your time in ways that make sense. You know, you know photographers, that perfect example right there, right? Um, in terms of finding ways that you can allow yourself to free yourself from kind of that hamster wheel of needing to be involved in every single aspect of the business, every single millisecond of the day. Otherwise, again, indigestion versus starvation, you're going to burn out. Well, that's a beautiful segue to my next question, which has to do with delegation. And I know you're not shooting actively anymore. So outsourcing editing may have played a role in your photography business. But the general concept of delegation, handing a task or a set of tasks, a project to somebody else or to another company saying, hey, can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? It requires an understanding of good communication skills. And I'm sure that this is probably an ongoing learning curve for you. I, I just, I'm kind of projecting my own personal experience, but I know that I have to continue to refine my communication skills when in working with my team as well. Would you share one of the most important lessons that you've learned about how to delegate as it relates specifically to communication? Because I think that's one of the things that photographers struggle with a lot, especially when it comes to delegating editing, for example, the idea of communicating that is something so personal, maybe so nuanced you're handing that over to somebody who really doesn't have any context. And now you're asking them to do the thing, but you have to communicate clearly enough to ask them to do that. This carries over into running a company like CloudSpot or Photographers Edit or any other business for that matter. And I'm curious what's enabled you to communicate more effectively. Uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's always a, an ever-changing scenario, either as teams grow, as businesses change, like all those types of things. There are two you know, I'm trying to hone it down just for photographers specifically, because, you know, we're, we're still a small team on our side, you know, growing above 10 right now. But, you know, no matter where you're at, you're going to reach a point where your bandwidth just gets maxed out. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that can be in editing. It could be in designing. It could be in blogging. It could be it, literally anything, any process in your workflow. If it gets just stacked up and enough things get in line that take your time and direct attention, uh, you, you're just going to burn out. And that bandwidth is just going to max out. 
and then the business starts to suffer. Um, so in terms of a team environment and situation, um, something that was taught to me that I'm always trying to do better is a transactional versus a transformational style of leadership or communication. Um, and I'll kind of clarify on that because I think most business owners, when we start out, we instantly default to the transactional, which is, you know, hey, I hired you to do this thing. So do that thing. When you do it, get back to me. I'll give you another thing to do, right? And I'll give you feedback. And it just keeps going back and forth like that. I pay you money. You do that thing. I look at it. I tell you if it's good or bad. I tell you to do more things. I pay you more money, right? And that, again, is not going to free up your time or buy back your time. Uh, that is just going to, again, you are that, you know, uh, cog in that wheel that cannot go on vacation for a week. Yeah. That cannot, you know, take that breather and go to your kiddo's soccer game on the weekend or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um Transfer, transformational rather is uh, pretty much, you know, what I like to say is like throwing out those outcome focused goals, right? So, you know, if, if you were to describe what the perfect scenario was going to be when this project, when this, you know, shoot, when this, you know, partnership was complete um, and describe how people are feeling, how people are reacting, how people are um, sharing about this, um, that allows the person who you've empowered uh, to accomplish this task, to be able to come back and say, okay, now I can kind of have some guiding uh, principles on how I can craft this and own it and have accountability for it, right? Rather than just passing the buck and requiring like someone to stamp it with yeah. approval. Yeah. Um, but that that gives them all the types of feels, all the types of guidance, metrics, if you need to put it in there, hey, we need X number of people, X number of weddings, X number of images, uh, but we want it to feel this way, that way. And then that gives someone something to go off of such that you are, editing rather than authoring even the things that you're using or the services that you're using to buy back your time. That's good. The, the, the distinction between principles, understanding principles, and then just sharing a quick tip or trick or instruction, it's, it's massive. It's just huge. I, I love here on the podcast talking about principles, driving principles behind why we do what we do whatever the topic, you know, whether it's, I mean, we can talk about a photography skill set, for example, we can talk about underlying principles there. We can talk about um, how to market effectively and the underlying principles that should guide marketing efforts. Um, it, same thing when it comes to financial management and on and on and on. There are underlying principles, big ideas that drive success um, in most, if, if not all cases, in these various elements of running a business and it's important to understand those first the the kind of fast food approach to just consuming tips and tricks really quickly off social media that only takes us so far and it, this is especially true of course when it comes to delegation so i i love that distinction i think that's super powerful okay um it, as it relates actually to that and maybe this is a good segue to my next question i, I want to ask you about a, a business book self-help book that's made a big impact in your life Please go ahead and do that, but also maybe throw out a book. Have you read a book that has helped you when it comes to this concept of management and delegation? Um, gosh, I mean, there's so, so many books that I've, I've been on a, on a book kick lately as it relates to, to product-led growth. That's just kind of like where we're in and, and what we're working, working to do. Um, Extreme Revenue Growth is another book um, that I really just kind of gobbled up and just like felt like I was taking as many notes as there were pages in that book. Um, I think I mentioned it to you last time we, we connected um, out in Texas, uh, if I remember, uh, awesome, awesome book, um, it, wildly underrated, uh, and it's just fantastic. So anyone who's either in SaaS, uh, or in looking to kind of create just a business that kind of creates that flywheel, uh, of revenue growth, super, super awesome. Uh, good key principles to take away. Extreme revenue growth, startup secrets to growing your sales from 1 million to 25 million in any industry by Victor Chang. Is that right? Victor Chang. Yep. He's the man. 
Cool. I've so, got it here. And I think, yeah, I think we, we talked about that. I probably added it to my, my, uh, list for the Kindle as well. So we'll make sure to link okay. to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com, uh, for anybody who is curious. And by the way, I don't mention this quite enough, but for anybody listening in or watching, if you go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H bookshelf.com, there is a, a collection of the most popular book recommendations here on the, on the podcast and the book of podcasts that uh, have been compiled there. If you're looking for something to read, for those of you listening in or watching, make sure you go to bocabookshelf.com. Really, really great resource. Okay. Uh, Gavin, I, I mentioned the other day in the podcast to, to our listeners and I think to our guests at the time, I was like, you know what, I'm, I, I need to have a little bit more fun and I want to do that here on the podcast. So we've, we've added a new segment to this podcast today. We're going to have a little bit of fun with the segment and it is called, what the... <laughs> so we want to hear the wildest, craziest uh, stories that you might have as it relates to your clients and of course we're not going to name names here but maybe as a photographer something wild and crazy unusual that happened interacting with your clients would love to hear a story oh there's so there's so many i mean you know i mean receptions are just a breeding ground for just horrible moments and blackmail you know moments for sure but there was one is actually we were second shooting with the photographer and absolutely beautiful bride huge wedding party you know taking the getting ready photos all that kind of stuff um and she just freezes and she just goes everybody out like she just like yells it right and she literally locks herself in this suite and refuses to get dressed she says she thinks she looks like a potato um she she was like just like size zero right um she was a stunning bride but she's like i look like a potato i am not getting married today uh, -uh. everybody out locking the door right <laughs> and then so like we're just like staying there everyone just clears out we're staying in the hallway we have no idea like we're already 30 minutes late um you know limo's waiting downstairs uh and and then dad her dad comes through the hallway he like bangs on the door says come on in there he walks in there he grabs her by the shoulders and he goes pull yourself together <laughs> like literally everything that you would just <laughs> think was happening uh and finally like course through it and the bridesmaids go like we know what we have to do they go in and they get her into the dress they end up giving her like eight shots of vodka in about oh, five wow. minutes uh, <laughs> and and she outside she mellowed right out and you know for for someone that size with that much um uh yeah vodka on board i was amazed like she was a champ she was fine the rest of the day perfect right but man that's that's what it took to get that bride down the aisle and uh yeah wedding went off without a hitch she was a champ but <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure One shooting 500 weddings, though, you, you probably have a myriad of those those kind of wild and crazy stories um, oh, to share. Oh, yeah. Wardrobe malfunctions, yeah. Uh, ring bearers passing out at the altar, just face planting, um, oh, like maid of honor speeches. Oh, man, maid of honor speeches. There have been a couple that are just ultimate cringeworthy. Like a are just hiding but... behind your camera. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're like the maid of honor. Who's the sister of the bride thinks that, you know, this toast is the perfect opportunity to tell everyone at the wedding that when the bride and groom first met that he was engaged to another girl oh. and like all that kind of stuff. And it was just like one of those things where you just, you never saw that sister for the rest of the night after that toast. Um, but just, yeah, sometimes you're lucky and you're glad you're behind that camera, um, and can just kind of sleek away into the shadows, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. It, was, it was rough. 
Uh, yeah, we, we have, there have, there have been quite a few experiences. I'm sure that many of our listeners have had, and maybe at some point we can kind of compile them and just do a storytelling episode or something like that. It'd be kind of funny. Well, I want to, I want to kind of transition to our, our main topic at hand today. We're going to be talking about growing our business, but not just growing our business, because a lot of times I think photographers think about, you know, raising their prices or getting more clients or maybe selling uh, more prints. Maybe, maybe that's part of what we're going to be talking today or talking about today, but specifically you said leading up to the conversation today, growing your business after image delivery, which really has my interest peaked. And so I, we're going to get into this, what this actually means for photographers here in just a second. I, I'd love to kind of get a little bit of backstory though here. And when, when it comes to growing a photography business and understand what your experience has been, uh, what would you say are a couple of the biggest mistakes that you've made in an effort to grow your businesses or grow your company? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh there have been a lot let's just preface it that right so like ain't nobody perfect over on this side of the camera but one <laughs> of the first one of the first mistakes we made very early on uh was thinking that we had to market strictly just to brides and groups because that's we wanted to shoot weddings right uh, but we had to market just to that particular type of client like just to the type of client to where you'd have to find them, you'd book them, you'd deliver the job, and then you'd have to go like in a hamster wheel and find that same type of client all over again. And it was just kind of like, you're always trying to load that top of funnel of inquiries as much as you possibly could. And, you know, it's kind of like, I think we've all experienced this where it's like getting close to the beginning of the year and you have some things booked, but you're not quite at the pace you want to. And you're wondering if like, you know, the inquiries are going to come. You're just, you know, testing your inquiry form on your website to make sure it still works, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's literally just kind of that anxiety um, that stems from, oh my gosh, is someone going to find me who I don't know? And I have no idea how they found me to begin with, but hopefully they'll just come out of thin air and then we can book them, right? And it's just kind of this never ending stress ball um, every single season uh, as you dive into your business. And so we just thought that's just how it went. That's mm. just, that was table stakes. That was the only really way you could do it. And you just try and put more feelers out there um, via like advertising on, you know, like wedding wire or something like that, or uh, the knot or whatever it might be. And just be like, you got to pay to play for a lot of that kind of stuff. The thing that didn't hit us until we actually stumbled on it by accident. And it's just really came about as a, a you know, all credit to my wife, because she is just such the social butterfly and is amazing at, at creating relationships. Um, but the avenue that we never thought to turn our attention to that we should have sooner was not just marketing to our brides, but marketing to our vendors, marketing to our industry, marketing to the people who do have weddings week in, week out, not the, you know, the client who you have this like kind of emotional window to capitalize on for referrals, but then life moves on. Right. And then you have to go find more. So that was definitely one big mistake uh, that we made was just completely omitting the opportunity that we had mm. there with just the folks that we were shoulder to shoulder with every single weekend. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it took years for me to realize, like actually realize the value of, Hey, we are sitting on a ton of photos from this event, right? How many other businesses rely on our photos for their business to be successful, right? Like they can't book that next big job without photos from that previous big job showing them, you know, what they can deliver to that type of client. Um, it's, it's why you hear the horror stories of, you know, wedding coordinators, vendors, or florists bringing in their own photographers sometimes to capture mm -hmm. these details. It, it's because we as an industry just 
kind of keep these blinders on and you know, we got no one to blame but ourselves but keep these blinders on of like look we serve our clients we go find more we serve those clients we go find more and meanwhile this treasure trove of relationships is just sitting there desperate for anything that they can get their hands on just to grow their own businesses they're in the same exact spot but you hold so many of those keys uh to helping them be successful so yeah, and that makes sense. I, I know that we had our biggest success when it came to growth in our business, especially as we were raising our prices as photographers, wedding photographers, making connection with, there was actually a particular wedding coordinator in town who we struck up a really great relationship with, personal relationship as well as a professional relationship. And the, the thousands of dollars that, that Taylor brought us as a result of that relationship, I mean, it was just... It's huge. It's huge. And that's putting it lightly. When I, when I think back on it, though, one of the cool things that it did is it enabled us to scale upward as well as far as our price point was concerned. Um, you know, There are various opportunities when it comes to price segments of the market, but we were ultimately striving to get to a place where we could charge. Well, it, at the end, we were charging between seven and 10,000 for two photographers, four and seven for an individual photographer. And to get to that place from where we were shooting, you know, say two, three, four thousand dollars, if we had only focused on marketing to our existing client base, we would have limited ourselves significantly because in most cases, you're marketing to that particular income segment if you're staying within that, that same uh, group of people. In this case, because Taylor knew as we were raising her prices what we were charging, she could bring the appropriate clients to us and she would literally do that. She'd come and sit in our office and I didn't even have to say anything. She would literally talk to, sell to the client for me. I'm just sitting there watching, listening. It was awesome. But it just goes to show oh, the yeah. significance of relationship with the vendors. I think that's really huge. What, what's the second mistake that, that you feel like you made? Uh, perfectionistic paralysis, I think would be more mm. than anything. You know, yeah. when, it, when it came to anything, like I am inherently a perfectionist for things. And you know, like, like you alluded to at the very beginning and it just never hit us. It's like clients can tell the difference perhaps between good and bad photos, but between good and great, there's a very small margin there. Um, and marketing yourself and selling yourself based on that really isn't something that's going to resonate when you have those client meetings, when you talk to those prospective brides. And, you know, a, a mistake that we made was not necessarily uh, in our mind, kind of, un, you know, subconsciously acknowledging all the thoughts, fears, concerns that they had going into this meeting, right? We just thought, hey, we had needed to prove ourselves, right? Um, we needed to be the hero on that. Let's go back to story brand terminology, right? Um, but more than anything, we needed to be that guide for them because, you know, some people are always like, well, you know, well, you know husband and wife teams or, or female photographers especially can connect so much better with brides and they, they just, you know, will be more successful. And so, you know, either as a male in the industry or whatever, like you're going to have a tougher time. But the, the question is like, why, why is that? It's because they can connect. It's because they can relate and they already understand everything, the thoughts, fears, concerns that that client has across that table from you. It has very little to do oftentimes with pricing has a lot more to do with experience has a lot more to do with them envisioning and figuring out their way through this minefield of planning the wedding, which so many and most often have never done before. So if you can be the guide for that and help them feel like, you know, their day is about to be way, way easier with you right next to them, which is uh, an honor and a privilege that not everyone on their wedding day gets to do, right? Except the photographers. If they feel like they've got a partner in this and someone who's got their back and knows what kind of makes them tick as far as uh, what's a successful wedding day going to look like or a successful photo shoot, man alive, you create that heart connection 
more than anything mm. and the business just happens to come and that's in any relationship like with that coordinator but especially when you're meeting with clients and so one of the mistakes that we had was we felt like we had to prove ourselves right we had to like either fake it till we make it or you know try and be bigger than we were and try to like just come with all this arsenal of albums and like plop down these 15 things and like say hey here's all the stuff that we've done when quite honestly some of our best meetings and some of our highest paying couples barely even cracked an album open um, or flipped through a portfolio. We just sat and we talked most often than not. And it was those types of connections that we completely just went right over our heads thinking, yeah, this, this wasn't how you, how you build a business. And we couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> lessons learned. Unfortunately, our listeners get to benefit from those lessons. I appreciate you sharing that. Maybe let's flip the, the, flip the table on that though. Talk about a couple of the biggest or the, the best, I should say, decisions that you made when it came to growing your business that you had a lot of success from? Yeah. Thankfully, we had a mentor early on um, and someone who say, you know, to, to kind of smack us around a little bit and go, look, that's not the way to do it. This is not how marketing is done. This is not what's going to get you to those goals, you know, that, that you have for yourself um, or as a couple, right? As a, as a working couple. And so, you know, something that I feel like saved us years of, you know, time, money, heartache, was really connecting either with the community or in our case with a specific mentor um, who was already at the place that we wanted to be who was our style who was our personality like there was no like square peg round hole type of you know educational thing going on there and we just invested into that education just like we would have had we gone to a four-year college for photography or whatever it might have been um, we realized that we needed to get coaching and we needed to get guidance um, to help us avoid some of those pitfalls. So that was definitely one thing that was not cheap, but was paid back tenfold. Interesting. How did you, like, what would you suggest to our listeners as far as an approach to finding that right person? Because I, we all know the industry is just so full now of education courses and workshops and tutorials and, and all this stuff. And um, I think most people probably know too that they're not all the same quality. How, how do you go about finding somebody who is actually a good coach versus just saying that they're one? Great question. And to be honest, you know, back when we first started, there was not this huge library of resources and tools out there like there are today. Um, so I feel like in so many ways, there are way more opportunities to soak up knowledge, free knowledge uh, about building a business, like podcasts like this, for example, or tutorials. Um, and then really those kind of workshops or those mentorships or those one-on-one -on -one coachings is to kind of peel back a little bit more layers beyond just uh, how do I shoot? How do I edit? You know, how do I set up a website type of deal, which I feel like nowadays can be done and can be done for free as long as you invest the time. So, you know, it, it's, it really depends on your market. Uh, for us, we wanted to find someone who's in our market, um, who knew our type of clientele. So it wasn't like we were on West coast and they were on East coast because I feel like that's too big of a disconnect for the types of clients. Um, so I would say start within your kind of small concentric circle of where you're at. If there's someone that you identify with, it doesn't have to be like a, Hey, I want to pay you to teach me to be just like you. Like that's, that's not how it started. Right. Sure. Um, it, it started with the relationship. It started with, Hey, can I get you coffee? Hey, can I, can I carry your bags? Can I, you know, can I do anything just to kind of just learn by osmosis and just uh, from observing? Um, and then also something that we did was you just second shot a ton. Like, you know, in our first year of photography, probably shot 50 something weddings and 30 of those or 25 of those was second shooting, just being there and being present. And so, you know, just don't discount that learn by doing aspect as well. And oftentimes 
you don't learn necessarily what you want to do. Uh, we also took away a lot of things that we did not want to do with our with our business or with our clients or with our style of shooting uh, by just being there and observing also. So just start small and and you know give freely and then invest into those relationships, not expecting anything, but seeing what comes of it. So mentorship is a, is a great starter. What's another great choice that you made that led to growth in your business? Besides marrying my editor, we'll, we'll put that off to the side. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I, I would say, you know, just investing into those relationships with those vendors. Once it finally did click with us, the best thing that we did for our business was go out of our way to hook up our vendors with those things that we knew that mattered to them uh, for helping them be more successful. So a small example, there's this one little boutique venue an hour north of, of where we were. Uh, we photographed there a couple times just by happenstance uh, over the course of a single year. We just said, man, we would love to be here every weekend. You know, the types of couples that they booked, the staff, everyone. We're just like, you know what? This is the type of relationship, this is the type of place where we feel like we're really well aligned with kind of who we are as a business and, and who we are uh, as entrepreneurs and um, just really invested into that. And over time, you know, within the span of a year and a half, they were referring us about 25 weddings automatically. You know, like you say, like, you know, they do the selling for you. They call you up, hey, are you booked on this date? No. Well, now you are. I'll send you details, right? Um, type of thing. Uh, and so once we got it, and it took a couple of years for us to really get this through our, our thick skulls was, you know, start investing into those relationships um, and really just, again, giving freely without expecting anything and just asking, kind of coming with that servant heart and saying, hey, how can we, how can we help? What do you need? Do your, does your staff need headshots? Do you have any, you know, bridal fairs coming up that we can just grab photos for you for, hey, do you mind if I you know, provide some feedback on your website because I was taking a look, uh, you know, is there anything I can assist with here or, or someone that I can connect you with to help with that? Because I remember you mentioned you guys were looking for for this, that, or the other. Um, and it's just kind of being present and being available uh, was just something that we started to do with a very small pocket of people. Because obviously talking about bandwidth, you can't do that for anyone and everyone, uh, but being strategic and intentional about the ones you do connect with can literally, like it booked us half up every single year for yeah. about four years straight. And that was just, you know, that was, that was automatic, you know, doesn't take a lot. It just takes a few. It's amazing. And, and I, I'll add to that. And I, I can see this being a priority for you, for you and your wife as well, but the, the significance, not just of investing in the relationships, but the actually putting yourself into it. Like there, there's one thing you can tell when you go to a networking event, for example, the person who's there to robotically perform versus the person who's actually interested in making a connection with you. To your point, it only takes a few relationships, and I think that's especially true if you actually have real relationships with these people. If they're these surface-level sure. yeah. kind of robotic relationships, it may take more. But when you have like close friendships as well as that working component, um, I, I think that those can lead to much more significant results in, in many cases. I, I, again, we, we saw that in our case, and I know that it's possible elsewhere too. And uh, so I just, I, I'll throw that little reminder on. I just want to encourage everybody to be real. It, it's just that the idea of fake interactions anymore, uh, I just, I don't understand. And I don't think there's any need for it either. Um, just being, being willing to actually connect out of a genuine curiosity, get to know and to help somebody to your point, Gavin, I think is, is a really important yeah. thing. Let's talk a little bit about this concept of growth though. Um, and specifically growth after image delivery. As I mentioned before, photographers probably tend to lean toward trying to book more clients or raising their prices when it comes to increasing their revenue. What brought you to this place, uh, this focus on growth after image delivery? 
Yeah, it, you know, it, it goes back to the mistakes that that we made in our business. And I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the sharing images with vendors and, and kind of some of the, the um, untold frustrations that we got feedback from when even when we started doing it and how it wasn't good enough. Um, but I think just in, in general, because we photographers, we, we focus really heavily on our workflow, right? Like this, 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 this. And, and I feel like delivering images kind of is like the end of that workflow mentally, right? Because you spend so much time editing, or if you're lucky, you have a great company to outsource to, and they take care of some of that or a lot of that for you. Um, but it's like, okay, great. I've delivered the images, done. Contractual obligations complete. Time to move on to the next one, right? And you start that cycle over. Um, and so I think there's just more than anything, this mental block uh, for us photographers who are like, hey, the gallery's delivered. Um, that's it. Good job. You know, uh, on, on, to the next, on to the next season. Uh, I can't tell you how many of our clients over the years uh, weren't just wedding clients, but they were lifelong clients, you know, mm. through maternity, through newborns, through every year family portraits. Like, you know, we stopped shooting weddings a year ago. We still had... I think 15, 16 family portrait sessions this past fall. Um, and that's all from clients that, you know, we, you know, shot their wedding as far back as 10 or 11 years ago. One family we've even shot for almost 15 plus years. Uh, we, we started photographing them before we started our business because um, they were close friends. But, um, you know, it's it's been those, those, you know, recurring year over year things. So, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like the delivery of that gallery is maybe the end of your contractual obligations, but in so many ways, the beginning of a lifelong client relationship, as long as you nurture that, you know, uh, and allow it um, to grow over the years, not just like, hey, see you later, let us know if you need anything, right? Uh, it's kind of seeding that sale, seeding that additional, you know, see you soon, let us know uh, when holiday comes around, they, you know, we're here for you, you know, all those types of things, sure. and then circling back. You know, just again, like you would do in any relationship with a friend, check in, hey, how's it going? What's new? Um, you know, all those types of things. So just from a mental perspective, one of the things that you can do to grow your business after they're delivering the photos is just realizing that this is the start or how great would it be if this were just the start rather than the conclusion of that relationship with that particular client. <laughs> and some clients like the potato sack one, sometimes you may just be said, you know what, that's the end and I am cool with that, right? Like that is okay. But in more often times than not, we hope that it's the, just the beginning rather than the end. So getting by that mental block, that's the first thing. Second thing uh, is allowing your clients uh, to get more from that, like for the gallery's perspective. So putting the hat on like business hat on uh, print and product sales, right? That doesn't just involve flipping a switch in your gallery and hoping that they're going to spend the money, right? Uh, it's allowing them and giving them the excuses and the opportunities to fill their walls with their photos. And guess what? That is the cheapest marketing you're ever going to find because they're going to be walking around their house, staring at their photos of themselves that you took. And that is just an ever present reminder that, hey, we need to get more of those. And hey, they were awesome. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's, let's get some family photos this year type of thing. Um, you know, seeing it, I don't know if uh, maybe I'm the weird one, but you know, we see our clients like posting on Instagram or whatever it might be just stories of their family or stories of their life. And, you know, we see in the, you know, blurred out in the, on the wall in the background there, one of their wedding photos from like a decade ago, right? They still have it on their walls. It's still there. You know, that thing that we gifted them with or something that we gave them a print credit for, um, to kind of facilitate them getting something and printing something and having it on their walls, like that's the cheapest you know billboard ever uh, going forward there. So print and product sales, realizing that that's a huge opportunity, just even if you go from a gifting perspective, rather than just, oh, hey, buy this or do this, 
um, print and product sales uh, is a great way to allow your business and revenue to grow after the fact, as long as you intentionally ingrain it into the very beginnings of your client's experience, rather than just the, I was joking with a friend, like the field of dreams mentality, right? So like, if you just build it, or if you just make it, you know, happen, like they will come and they will spend that money and you know, <laughs> things will fall from the heavens. It's if not only it was so easy, right? If only, if only, <laughs> right? Um, so that's definitely the second thing that you can do to help grow your business after you deliver the photos is setting up that attitude, that expectation and seeding that sale with them of like, Hey, look, once you get the photos, here's all the things that you can do with it. Here's all the ways that we can help you do that. Um, and you know, you can kind of incentivize, create some time sensitivity. And I know it's probably a topic that's been beat to death, uh, on the book and podcast after, you know, 500 plus episodes, but it really is that, Hey, you know, just don't, you know, make it possible for them to do it, encourage them, show them, be that guide, just like you were in the client meeting at the beginning, be that guide now afterwards and showing them how they can be successful with that gallery that you just delivered. So on, on that note, and I'm taking notes here, by the way. So number one, you talked about realization uh, that this is just the beginning of the relationship and going into it with that long-term mentality. I think in, in 2022, it's a lot easier to be in short-term mode kind of almost all the time. Um, and, and of course, this has been discussed endlessly in all kinds of platforms in and out of our industry. Um, that that um, that kind of immediate gratification desire that that people have a lot of times, largely due to the perception uh, granted by or given by social media that you know you can just put a little bit of time and effort and energy, and you're going to have this quick success, massive success, millions of followers, millions of dollars, all this kind of thing. Um, being willing to actually play the long game is, is super important. I've realized this actually more now, and I've been in the industry for 20 years and really, honestly, just in the last, even maybe six months or so, where it really finally clicked in my mind and like, okay, this idea that, that we're going for short, quick wins and successes, there's a certain element of reaching bigger, longer term goals that, that, that is certainly relevant to, but playing, being willing to play the long game, invest in the long haul and showing up daily consistently uh, invested in that long-term effort. And in this case, the relationship is super important. So starting with that's important. And then the second thing is the print and product sales, realizing the opportunity there for revenue after image delivery. But I'm curious, and, and I'm curious on, on two different levels. First of all, the way that CloudSpot enables this, but maybe just conceptually, principally as well, how, how do photographers become more sales minded when it comes to print and product sales. Cause I know that I, I was lazy as a photographer, like the, the front end I was focused. I was front end loading that, that revenue generation. It was continuing to raise my prices, trying to make more money there. And frankly, not wanting to have to do that much work on the end on the backside. And, and again, that that's laziness. Uh, but how, how can photographers kind of shift the mentality and enable sales in that context? If that's not something they're naturally inclined to, or even talented in. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, get over the fear, get over the paralysis of their perfectionism on that, because again, that realization of more oftentimes than not, your clients are printing their photos, they are spending that money, it's just not with you. And so you got to know, well, why aren't they doing that? Why aren't they spending it with me? Right? Uh, and what do things, you know, an analogy I gave uh, previously was like, look, you know, DoorDash is the perfect justification for why clients should have no problem buying things from your gallery. Because, you know, it's easy to go down the corner and get a McDonald's hamburger, right? But how much more do we pay for a perfect stranger to go grab it and bring it to our door? Like, what's the premium that we pay for that just for the sake of convenience, right? To get a cold, you know, cheese hamburger uh, at your doorstep versus driving down the corner, right? Uh, and so 
you know, in so many ways, it's just giving them the permission and then giving them the guidance to do that. So, you know, don't worry about pricing the perfect prints, you know, all that kind of stuff, just get started and then get feedback from your first print and product sales from the people who do buy, who do, you do guide to those sales and say, Hey, what do you think about the quality? What do you think about the experience? Um, you know, where do you guys have, you know, planned for these things to go up and, you know, just kind of just talk like, you know, it's just because you delivered the photos doesn't mean you can't talk with these people ever again, you know, part of delivering an amazing service to your clients and to turn them into lifelong clients is constantly showing up. So I would say, get over the paralysis, turn it on, uh, and then start talking about it from the very beginning. And it doesn't mean like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars are going to flow from every single client. Not, not at all. Some may buy, some may not, but it's, you know, showing, you know, kind of the, the analogy that I say is like, look, you got to start showing things either on social or, you know, um, showing it on wherever you like on your website and things that clients buy products, clients take their photos and do something with them, right? They, they create these forever pieces, whether it be albums, whether it be canvases, whether it be prints and frames, um, show that your clients do these such that when your clients come and meet with you, you're already subconsciously setting that expectation of this is what people do after I deliver these things. And then you just leave them to the best possible way to get that done and the most convenient. So like in CloudSpot's perspective, you know, our goal is just to allow photographers to market up however they wish. We don't take any commission, but give the clients just a seamless and easy way to get those things delivered to their doorstep and onto their walls. And so the, the idea of moving beyond the fear, it's, it's funny, a lot of times it's just a matter of taking action it seems to like we kind of build up that fear in our mind unnecessarily a lot of times, you know, whether it's sales or any other thing and make it way bigger than it needs to be. And then when we finally do the thing, you're like, oh, this wasn't actually so bad. I just needed to actually start doing it. So I, I like as simplistic as it may sound to a lot of people, I think it, that actually carries a lot of significance. And um, so I think that's a great recommendation. The second thing you mentioned there was to to talk about print sales really all along the way so that it becomes a natural part of the conversation. You're not ignoring that topic and then bringing it up after everything is said and done and kind of out of the blue. Oh, by the way, would you like to buy some prints? Um, so making that a normal, natural part of the conversation, I think that's really great and getting them comfortable with it. It'll probably help the photographers get comfortable with it as well. If that's part of the conversation all along the way, does CloudSpot have certain tools built in that enables photographers to market those images to, to run you know sales or or to run promotions or anything of the sort what does that look like on on from the cloud spot standpoint we do and we're, we're super excited to, to actually grow that side of things even more so in terms of automations but what we have currently is a super simple easy way to create discount codes to create gallery banners and to create gallery expiration reminder emails automated reminder emails so that you can constantly ping your clients and let them know hey this is what's coming up. This is the time sensitivity. This is the discount code you had, and this is what it gets you. Uh, and so again, you know, we, we hope that we aren't the only ones doing the heavy lifting as it pertains to that. We, you know, that the clients are kind of prepped and primed and shown like, Hey, this is what you can do. Uh, but really what, you know, we discovered, and it was a big shift that we made a couple of years ago uh, when COVID first started was that, look, you know, clients buy what you show them ultimately, mm. uh, or they will are more apt to buy what they can see and tangibly, um, you know, kind of envision, right? You know, we as creatives oftentimes hit a roadblock visually kind of, you know, seeing things come together. Clients even more so are even artistically or creatively inclined oftentimes is, you know, what, what is a four by six? What's a five by seven? What's a 16 by 20 canvas? What's that look like on my wall? Um, and so a lot of that is just seeing themselves in that product and then being able to get perspective in terms of where that can fit into their lives because they perhaps wanted to, they just don't 
know exactly how to do it. Um, and if I can let the cat out of the bag uh, a little early on this, uh, and I have no problem doing it, one of the ways that we're excited to enable photographers to help their clients with this, and it's coming in uh, about a month or so, uh, is particularly as it comes to like larger prints and, and wall art, like canvases, that perspective is often so times so oftentimes difficult to to get like is that space perfect for a 16 by 20 or a 20 by 30 like unless you're going to bust out the tape measure it's really going to be tough to see right so a feature that we have coming something that we're making available to all photographers um, is really something that's only been previously reserved for trillion dollar companies like apple and amazon and things like that uh, and so what we're bringing into our to that shopping experience is before clients hit that add to cart button, um, because they've already selected the photo, they've already selected the product and the size, rather than just adding it to cart, we wanted to enable them, uh, enable photographers to help their clients buy with confidence. So right above that add to cart button, we are adding a view this in my space button. And what that does is on their phone, it will instantly allow them to point their phone at a wall and pre uh, present an augmented reality preview of that image of that product right there in their space. And they can literally walk all around it, get super close and even see the staple on the back of the canvas if they wanted to, uh, to know exactly what they're buying and how it will fit on their walls. Oh, so that, so you're actually gonna be able to do that during the checkout process. That's kind of an interesting concept and, and I made a little bit of a different take to that idea too, that you're, you're thinking about what prints to actually purchase and you're able to look at those as you're getting ready to purchase them? Is, is, do I understand that workflow correctly? Yes, so before you add it to your cart, you can actually see, hey, was that photo that I selected? Was that product that I selected the right size for where I envision putting this? So okay. like on the wall behind me, let's say, does a 20 by 30 work? Does a 16 by 20 work for the space I wanna fit? Um, it's really tough to do that in real time and with confidence. So yes, we're allowing them to essentially, before they check out, view it in real time on their actual wall, not just taking a picture of their space, uploading it and seeing this like, That's you cool. know, you know, simulated thing. It's an actual, like you've ever bought something on Amazon, yep. you, know, you just kind of wave your phone at the wall and all of a sudden the product pops right on there. That's what we're doing for photographers with their client's image on the exact product. That's super cool. Okay, so I, this is just a great segue as we're finishing up the conversation here. I'm, I'm gonna pop CloudSpot, the, the website back up here on screen for those who are live streaming, cloudspot.io. And um, Gavin, I, obviously this is where I, I would assume you'd recommend people go to learn more. Um, anything else that you wanna kind of add to the conversation here as we're closing up though? Uh, no, this is this is the perfect place to go. I mean, you know, like like everyone in our space, you can get started for free. You get ten gigs um, just to play around, enough to upload, a, you know, a wedding or a small shoot, and just take it for a test drive. Um, you know, just even today, we launched our new cards. So you know, you can sell holiday cards, wedding thank you cards, baby announcements, graduation announcements, all directly through your gallery as well. And we integrated a card designer. So your clients can design this, they can drag drop, they can add text, they can even print on the envelopes uh, for addressing or recipient addressing. Um, so, you know, again, we're just always kind of pushing it forward to allow photographers to be more successful through those galleries. Um, and something that you're hovering over right there, that was kind of the third and final point of uh, what to do after you deliver the images. And that's, you have to share on social media. You have to tag your vendors. You have to hook them up with photos, which we've talked about a lot already, but it's how. And then how can you automate that? And how can you make it such that you are not the, the bandwidth constraint sticking point in that workflow? 
Uh, and so this was something uh, posting you know, automatically with our integration with Plan, which is a web-based uh, social media online scheduling tool. Uh, we allow photographers to import their images from CloudSpot into this tool and then automate their posting. That's but not only so that, cool. it was just one of those things that we kept hearing over and over again. Like, I know I need to be doing this, but it just yeah. doesn't make sense in, in my workflow. So we partnered with them, but we also then added a feature in CloudSpot directly because while you're managing your images that you're going to be creating galleries from and that you're uploading, you can also save social media captions on specific images inside your CloudSpot dashboard. So if you know, hey, these are the ones that I'm going to be sharing on social media, because uh, these are just the winners. These are the ones I know uh, are just going to awesome on my grid. You can right there on your desktop rather than on your phone and hoping Instagram doesn't crash while you're typing out the caption. Uh, you can save these captions against these images. And then when you use plan and you import these images, not only do the images come over for you to schedule, but the saved captions that you already had on your CloudSpot dashboard follow each and every image. So you can tag vendors, you can you know put out hashtag sets, whatever you need to do, you can do that work on your computer and in the right place of your workflow versus having to touch your phone. So we completely eliminated the phone aspect and allowed photographers to create and post automatically on social media uh, and just have that completely on autopilot. That is really cool. Yeah, I've got it pulled up here in more details. And of course, for anybody listening in, um, you're going to want to go to cloudspot.io. If you scroll a little bit further down the, play, the page there on the, on the homepage, um, you'll see, well, this section here that, that talks about automating social media posts. You can learn more. And um, then I'm on that page that's, that's focused around supercharging your social media workflow, empowering photographers to automate their social media like never before. This is not a feature I've seen anywhere else. This is really, really cool. And, and you know, to your point earlier, and, and we'll, this will kind of bring us full circle. I mean, I'm scrolling up here to the top of that homepage where you're talking about the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. Um, just a really great example of how you're doing just that with that, that integration with Plan. That's really, really cool. Um, I know that, and I, again, as I'm taking notes here on my notebook, we, we talked about realization that this is just the beginning, the relationship with the clients, that we're focusing on the long-term relationship with the clients, print and product sales, and how to go about doing that. And then you just mentioned in passing the, the significance of social media. And of course, I think in concept and principle, most photographers realize that. The question is how they're actually implementing that in their business. Strategy systematic approach. These are things that are not necessarily commonplace in a lot of photographers' businesses. And the fact that you've got that integration with plan makes it that much easier for them to actually plan out their social media strategy. I think it's super important and um, I, really a great way to, to finish the conversation. So I really appreciate you making time to come on the show today, Gavin, and, and share a lot, actually, not just talking about CloudSpot, but a lot of principles that are really important <laughs> for photography business owners. I appreciate that. Um, remind our listeners to where they can find uh, you all on social media and follow you there. Uh, you know what? Again, our website, like you've been so nice and popping up, cloudspot.io, and then just on Instagram at cloudspot. That's where you'll find us. And we're always posting great tools and resources there. And our team is amazing. And if you have any questions, just shoot us a message. We're here for you. Cool. Yeah. And, and I've actually got this right up here, um, cloudspot dot io on instagram and we'll of course link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com y'all make sure you go follow cloudspot and uh gavin there and the team thanks again gavin uh, for making time to share with all of us thanks nathan good to see you man <laughs>